Welcome to episode two of Sunday the twenty eighth of January, Essential Engineering. Look at that, the timing. There's no edit there. That is live. <laughs> Can you guess which part of the country we're in? For more information about these engineering works, please visit our website www.mergerrail.org or follow us on social media at Merseyrail. <laughs> that was live. That was so perfectly timed. We're going to come back to this later. We are. We're going to talk about information. So uh, welcome to episode two of Parallel Alliance. Thank you for all the feedback on episode one and, um, and the suggestions for going forward. None of which were don't ever darken our doors again. So we're really grateful. We've had quite a week, haven't we? We have, yeah. So thanks again from me for the feedback, which has been uh, not only from people who are in the gainful employ of the rail industry, I'm pleased to say. So we've managed to reach out to a, a wider audience, which is fantastic. Um, I'm a little bit uh, tired, Tony, because I, I think I've um, spent a grand total of about 32 hours travelling on a train this week, which is a lot even for me. You, you're still looking nearly lively and awake, though, so we, we're going to manage a conversation, which is good. And we're on a station to start with because we, we, we are trying to talk about some stuff that is about people's journeys today, amongst other things. Yeah, we're going to try and talk about some of the things that we see, we hear, we feel out and about on the network, and then hopefully maybe relate that to some of the things behind the scenes that are a bit more about the, the guts of the railway. But as ever, some, some heavy stuff with a lighter touch, hopefully. <laughs> and we, we've not been interrupted by a train, only by a, a station announcement, but shall we go and get in the warm to carry on the conversation? There's a brew waiting for you. Excellent. Welcome to Parallel Lines episode two. We are now back in the warmth of our little makeshift studio, which isn't really a studio, but it's a pretty professional setup. We were just um, talking about Tony's former life in actual radio. So he, he does know what he's doing as it goes, as well as trains. He knows what he's doing with microphones and, and things, don't you, Tony? I'll do it. My, my Alan, Alan Freeman, not off. But um, <laughs> we're trying to keep things on a, on a bit of a lighter level after the very serious episode one and, and all the feedback you gave us. So, um, you know, I keep bumping into people who say, oh, seats. And now I know. Yeah. So, um, so no no celebrity guest today. Um, it's just Tony and I, but um, uh, we do have plenty to natter about. And one of the things we were going to have a little chit chat about today, having spent quite so much time as passengers this week, as well as people in the gainful employ of, of the good railway of the UK, um, is things that get on your wick when you're out and about on the train. Things absolutely. That- Yes. So do you want to start with some of the things that have got on your wick this week? And I'll just tell you, I'll forewarn listeners, the last episode, which was about an hour long, was actually a 90 minute recording because our guest was very chatty and we had to take out quite a lot of life stories. But maybe we'll get him back one day to tell us about being in Harry Potter. But I accidentally messaged him last night about what we're going to be talking about today. And and I've got two pages worth of contributions. So if we get short. Yes, if I run out of steam, we can revert <laughs> to the, the list of Davies. Um, my first one is... Now then, this is partly pertinent because unfortunately for our good railway, we are carrying around quite a bit of fresh air on our trains at the minute. As you know, Tony, passenger numbers have not quite returned to what they were pre-COVID. And it annoys me that even on an empty train, some passengers are obsessed with looking for their reserved seat as though they're on an aeroplane. It's so irritating. Just sit down or at least sit down until other people have you know found their seats it's the faffing it's the i need to be right next to my suitcase i must sit in this seat it's it's infuriating does this is it just me or does this annoy you as well 
maybe just you a little bit, let me mention a, a colleague from Irish Rail who didn't sit near his bags on a journey and found at the end of the journey the bags weren't there anymore. So I can understand why some people want to keep an eye on their seats. I think possibly it's because people don't understand that you don't have to sit in your seat reservation in some cases because if you're yeah. used to if you're used to flying you know you only have to sit one seat up i was on a flight back from ireland a couple of months back and the person next to me we were on the three seats and only two of us and the two of us were together and the person moved to leave a gap between us to make it a bit more comfortable and the, the stewards immediately came down and said no your allocated seat is that one buddy sit in it so maybe maybe people don't understand it's it's not a compulsory on the railways. Have we messed yeah. up there? Well, I think it's because they conflate two things. Because of the complexity of our ticketing system, they have probably got an advanced purchase ticket that requires them to travel on that particular train. Yeah? yeah, that's the conditions of carriage of that ticket. And it comes with a reservation, but that doesn't mean you have to sit in the reserved seat or you'll get booted off the train. So I think the fear of being on the wrong train and getting excess fared for some horrific, you know, £250 um, open ticket is what they're confusing it with, you see. Could be, yeah. APs and reserved seats are not the same thing, necessarily. But maybe that's developed more because we've managed to make buying train tickets so complicated Mm. that people are now terrified of making a mistake and the companies have been quite good at sort of putting posters up saying you know get this wrong and we'll put the handcuffs on you rather than if you're not sure we'll help you enough yeah and you know what it's one of those things you're right it's bred behavior because actually conductors train managers guards whatever name on whichever operator they choose to call themselves have always had discretion in this space you know ap fares come with rules off-peak fares come with rules you know there are various rules around the tickets but they've always had discretion so if you know some little old lady ends up on the wrong train or you know somebody's genuinely had a horrific experience that means they've ended up on the wrong train or even you know they've just made an honest mistake it's always and it still is the case that you know the the person who's in charge of that train can say i'll let you off this time you know it's it's not a problem um it's just become this fear that people have haven't they of like oh if i get on the wrong train i'm going to end up needing to sell a kidney to get myself home you know it's (laughs) it's a it's terrible really isn't it that we've done that to people and I have to say, sadly, occasionally staff don't help themselves. I spent last summer, 2022, travelling around the railways a lot, doing a lot of photography. And I helped several genuinely little old ladies who'd been put on the wrong train by the staff. Oh. And I'd seen the conversation and then we'd set off. You know, you, you see them at the door and there's somebody on the platform still chatting to them. And then they, I'd help them stow the bags or something because they were struggling to stow them. And then they'd say, this is the train to so-and-so, isn't it? No. Right. Well, that little man on the platform just told us it was. So, you know, we're falling apart terribly on good information, Mm. customer support. And, you know, I I said to you today, you know, the train I caught to come and join you up on the display, this train has arrived nearly two minutes before it even appeared in the distance. And the people on the platform were starting to laugh at the display and they were pointing to it and, and making jokes. So there's a group of people now who think it's a work of fiction up there. You yeah. know, and let, let, we won't name operators. People don't know where we are. Then you don't know. But it's little things like that that start to make people distrust or think it's it's not serious. Yep. So, and trust is huge, isn't it? With when it comes to passenger information, which brings me on to my next gripe. I'm going two in a row, Tony. You'll get your turn. <laughs> and my second one is passenger information during disruption. 
the famous beast that is also known as PID to those of us who work in the industry. Now, in a former life, I had a job that involved talking about PID in a very different context, which um, the women listeners will understand um, perhaps a bit better than the men. But it does mean, in this context, passenger information during disruption. And my gripe is... Don't get me wrong, Tony. I'm all for giving people information about their journey, about the disruption to their journey, about their onward travel, you know, all sorts of different things, useful information. But I do question how much people need to know and how much people want to know in terms of the detail. And does it actually help them? So, you know, basically, passengers want to know, where is my train? Am I going to get to my destination on time? And am I all right to be on this train? That's probably the basics, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. If it's delayed, I really feel quite strongly that they don't care whether it's because of a points failure, a signal failure, the driver's not there. And to your point about laughing, the amount of times I've seen a a carriage full of passengers laugh because the announcement says we're awaiting a driver or the guard's been late on an inward train. They find that hilarious because it just makes us sound daft. It makes us sound like we can't, you know, organise ourselves Whereas actually all they're bothered about is, all right, we're not going on time. When are we going? Is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Is it half an hour? You know? So do you think this grew up in the, in the earlier eras of privatization when companies had a a brand that they were suddenly trying to protect or, or get out there that they wanted people to be absolutely certain it's not our fault. So they would, um, I have a feeling that I had a conversation as to whether staff should be saying it's not our fault it's company x who's held us up and people said yeah but you know i get the point we're all one family but also we don't want them to think it's us there may have been a bit of that but i i know where pid came from actually colleagues of mine were involved in developing the the guidelines and the and the standard that became pid and i think it was actually more about um once upon a time, not that long ago, we didn't give anybody any information and we left people sat there, you know, just literally um, wondering what was going on. And bear in mind, this was before, you know, Twitter and all the rest of it, all the instant information that we have now. So, you know, people were just sat not knowing anything about their journey. And when you link that a bit to what was going on under the surface, I, I think where it came from was that there were people also sat in the driving cab of the train, sat in the control office, um, trying to deal with the incident who didn't know what was going on either. So bringing in some standards about it and some rules kind of forced, if you like, better communication right from the root cause. So, you know, from the site of, let's say, the points failure. Okay, so where are we up to, lads? How long is it going to take? You know, is it a stop the job for hours or, or are we going to be up and running again in, in a minute when you get the coke can out of the points, you know, and passing on that information rather than just sort of going, well, let us get on and fix it. It'll be done when it's done, which I think used to be more the, the mentality, not thinking about what passengers needed. I just think maybe it's gone a bit too far the other way that we tell them too much and it maybe creates more problems than it solves. I suppose it's getting the balance right between sort of helpful understanding and pointless understanding I, I was on a train a few years ago and sadly the, the train in front of us hit somebody um and the, the driver came onto us and he said it's quite sad and he was very good actually he said very mm. sadly somebody's been hit by a train in front um and so we're, we're going to have to go a different way to go around the site and i'm sorry but i'm sure you understand and all the people around me j- just said 
Oh, oh fine. Yeah. Except one person who was on the phone who said, I don't know why we're going to be delayed. I, th- I think there's a signal broken or something. Clearly <laughs> well, he wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah, so you do. I felt so sorry. The driver had done one of the best announcements I'd heard for, for ages. I think it was the driver, actually, it said, not the, not the conductor. Really informative, really helpful. And yet you've got a passenger who, who sat there through it all, not open. And that happens but, so much because people have their earphones in, their AirPods or whatever, yeah. all the time now. I saw this on a train to Wales uh, last summer it was. I was, I was going... Um, down the Cambrian line ultimately but anyway it was one of those lovely TFW uh, trains that has a lot of request stops in and then it also has a portion working bit so you kind of need to know which bit of the train you're in and and you know be yeah. sort of aware of of where you're going and I noticed that the train manager actually came down and looked for people with earphones in and tapped them on the shoulder because they had these announcements going on over the over the tannoy and on the rolling screen but they obviously must have I thought mm, you've had issues with people getting to wherever and going oh I didn't know so they've now taken it upon themselves and I don't know whether they all do this or if this was just a particularly diligent member of staff but he was he was literally tapping people on the shoulder to say where are you traveling to <laughs> Are you in the correct portion of the train? I wonder if he was used to picking up people who were saying, we've turned right and I thought we were going left. I reckon yeah. I reckon that was it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, You're right, it is a balance though. I think it definitely is a balance and it's one of those things where you'll never please everyone um, because some people do just, you know, not want any announcements. They want to sit in their own little bubble and, and not hear from anyone. And then other people do crave information. It's a bit like if I take my car to the garage, like I just want to know, can you fix it? Is it goosed or, you know, can you change a part and how much is it going to cost me? Whereas if my dad takes his car to the garage, he wants to stand there and watch the guy do it and, you know, give him some advice about how to do it better. There are are different customers with different needs, aren't there? And it's a very big challenge trying to provide for everybody. But that does lead us on to the thing we were talking about as we were walking up about people know an awful lot more as well. So this Mm. sort of this industry thing, we, we better not tell them yet or we don't need to tell them yet they probably already know. So my the example I'm quoting a lot recently is at London Euston, where everybody used to stand on, on the concourse, all huddled together. And then the announcement will pop up that, that your train is on platform five and everybody would run for it. The Euston uh, Dash, yes, I believe it was called. Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember being part of it. And now it's getting more and more that people are already at the right mm-hmm. entrance, right platform, because it's on numerous apps the train is at um, and well before it comes up on the board yep. and or on the board it says no platform preparing they're already there because they've looked it up on their apps and and all the station staff are still pretending or they're required to assume people don't know and yet the last time i came back from from houston to manchester there were over 100 people yep. already down the bottom of the ramp pushing at the staff saying look it's, it's that one it's that one and, I've never you know, seen it with that many people, but I have been stood there where there's a few of us and there's this sort of knowing look between you and the, the other passengers at the top of the yeah. ramp going, yeah, we reckon it's on six. Yes. Which app are you on? <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah. This kind of, we're in this club together yeah. and all those lot back on the concourse haven't got this app. Yeah. yeah. So for Network Rail and the operators, as the Irish would say, catch yourself on because mm. you've got to be aware that people are far more informed. I can, I can remember going to a station and all the staff were saying that the train's not arrived yet. And I said, well, it's been involved in, a, in an incident. Again, sadly, somebody on the track. It's not coming. And they said, how do you know? And this was the station staff. It's, it's said, not it's, fair, it's is it? It's on the internet. But it's not fair on those staff. And, you know, I, I, I do think this is one of the, the biggest issues about that is imagine being that member of staff and knowing that the passengers 
no more than you do. That's so yeah. disempowering for them to do their job properly that they're not equipped with the, you know, the information and the tools to do their job the best they can. And and we ask them to offer great customer service, but if you're not even giving them the information, I mean, it's not a very good start, is it? So can do better. Yes. So train operating companies and network rail. Look at what information is already out there that people can get, and you've got to be at least as good as it if not better and really better because it's your information isn't it it's it's industry information so there's the challenge get get better at information so what annoys you then tony what what have you got on your list (laughs) don't go straight to robin's list that's no no no, what's on yours (laughs) i've got one or two i've got one or two as well but i mean some of the things are to do with announcements and stuff and we'll maybe do a little roundup at the end of things things announcements and things that happen on trains but again it, it is the fact that the lack of joined upness still in the industry despite the fact that they've got the better communications than ever so things like very last minute platform alterations really irk me now i was at a big station on wednesday i won't mention the station but there was a locomotive parked in it and that locomotive was parked in that platform i've tried to find out how long it was there it was it was there so long i can't find when it arrived but they were still only telling passengers who were standing on that platform about three minutes before each train came that their train wasn't going to go from that platform it was on another one even though it was obvious even that it, it was wasn't obvious. going. Yeah. Now, somebody somewhere, I mean, it hadn't got a driver in it. I don't even think it was switched on. It mm. was, it was a, a dead loco. Where had somebody not said, look, all the trains for the next how many hours aren't going to be going from that platform. They'll be at the other ter- alternative mm. one. Let's get it up on the displays. Let's get people to the right place. So they're nicely spread out. Because what happened was on my train, everybody was told, almost as, as you can see, the lights of it coming in. So they all went straight to where the middle of it was because that was the route from the other platform and then it meant that they took longer to board the train mm. because they weren't spread out nicely as they were on the platform on the where they thought one. it was yeah. coming and i see this happening quite regularly and uh, while i was there it happened four in a row that they were moved and you know it was clearly going to carry on and i can't even find when the locomotive disappeared i've been trying to find out the same thing happened to a colleague and i the other day at um at a big station and we bumped into a colleague, another colleague of ours getting off a train and got into a, a chit chat. And it was only good fortune that I happened to look up and go, hang on a minute, I think we've been replatformed. And it, and we were engrossed in conversation and could have easily just, you know, missed it. Fortunately, it was just the other side of the platform. But what I see sometimes happening is that it's actually a, a fairly significant platform change. And actually what we're doing there is not just not just annoying people and you know inconveniencing them it's not very safe either because if you make people hurry you know perhaps over a footbridge with their luggage they're not going to use the lift if if they can't chance it because they've only got a few minutes that's when you get people falling over and stuff isn't it and and we don't need to put them in that situation if we just let them know a bit sooner Mm. don't we yeah and taking that one step further i was waiting going into a a station a few months back and we were held and, and we were held and we were held and eventually the driver came on and said, uh, we're being told we're being held because the station we're going to is a bit congested. So they're not letting us in until it's cleared. And I was standing next to the conductor and he said, which is a bit of a problem because the driver on this train has got to take one of the trains that is sitting in the platform at the station out. So as long as they hold us here, that platform isn't going to get less congested. So Riddle where, me this. Yes. How do you clear a station of trains when the drivers well, you need to clear them yeah. are on the trains waiting? So... Um, <laughs> So where is the joined up communication there that, you know, should there be a thing in the in the signalling centre that sort of says X and Y, 
must be in the station in this order or at the same time because there's a crew change is that is there not a, a coloured flag they could put by it or uh, something well that Tony just... that would imply that we have joined up systems that actually communicate with one another and unfortunately we don't have them yet so yeah coming to a control centre near you soon we wish I've got this list of things that you hear on announcements on trains so this is announcements partly... on trains yeah. that are just irritating yeah? yeah. I mean, can we just say for a moment, there just are too many announcements as well. Yes. Just before we get into what they're saying, and I know that a very good colleague of mine who I've spent, of the 32 hours that I've been on trains this week, I think I've spent about 17 of them with a particular colleague of mine, and this really irritates him. And I think it's partly because he's of a certain age where he has assistance with his hearing, um, provided by technology, and it doesn't cope well with the announcements on the trains it's very hard to continue a conversation when when these announcements come on and it and you think they're finished <laughs> and then they start again and it's every station and it's relentless and it's the btp announcement and it's the you know keep your eye on your bags and it's your every single station and all the rest of it and it and it does just get a bit much don't you think well i'll, th- I'll throw you the opposite from my friends at the royal national institute for blind people who say we do need announcements, but we don't get the right ones. So the people who need to hear audible announcements, uh, they still say that we still don't get told on most trains which side the next platform will be. So just to help us get ready. That's a really good point. Actually. You do on the underground. Now it happens you, sometimes, yeah. but not consistently yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. And funny, the odd thing is, on some of the trains that have got the the new big PIS screens in them, it tells you in words which side the next platform's going to be, but it didn't sit on the on That's the bing bong for the people who actually really need to know. Not terribly helpful. Yes. So maybe train companies, um, rail delivery groups, someone have a little chat with people who have visual impairments. Yeah. What what do you need to hear? What and is there helpful? an ability to... Um, there used to be things like hearing loops, didn't there? And I'm yeah. wondering if there's a, an equivalent thing for if you're visually impaired. Can you plug into something to... to I'm just thinking... P- PAs are quite a push methodology, aren't they? But actually, a pull methodology might be what's required for people to actually get what they need, you know? So if you're about, for instance, if you're about to get off at the next station, maybe you could connect your device to the system to tell you which side it's going to open on. I don't know. Is that mad? We may just have invented something. Have I? Well, oh. we might have. Because there's no reason. On, on, you don't need to hear what's on a hearing aid loop. It doesn't need to come over the speakers as well. It can be completely different yeah. or it can be additional. So somebody, if they could put the, the induction loops into trains and on that one, it gave you all the information, then it wouldn't need to all be on mm. the speakers in the train. Trademark Parallel Lines 2024. It's the Parallel Lines um, Visually Impaired Audio Enhancement System. And we'll think of an acronym by the time we come back. Let's So let's get on to the content okay. of these announcements then, Tony. So some of these are mine. Some of these have come from other sources, including our previous guest, Mr. Davis. So wait until the train comes to a complete stop. <laughs> yeah, because, you know... It As may- opposed to like almost stopping. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, which may have applied in the old days when people used to open the doors and jump out while they were moving, but but you can't open the door until it stops. So you don't have to wait till the trains come to a complete stop anymore. Just stop or do. Can okay. I tell you a funny anecdote yeah. along those lines? Many years ago, uh, when I had the, the great pleasure of being uh, one of the account managers for Cross Country, uh, so I, I have a bit of a soft spot for Cross Country because I got to travel all over when I was uh, working with them. And I uh, 
I wanted to have a go on the announcement, you know, because you know how I'm rent a gob and, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, any, any old excuse. And so the train manager let me have a go. And I did an announcement of a, on a cross country train heading into Reading, which was the final stop for this train. And so I said, and this is me, uh, no joke, on a train full of passengers. Uh, thank you for travelling with cross-country trains. If you are leaving the train at Reading, which you will be, because it's the final stop, then please do mind your step when you get off. Because I panicked that <laughs> you know. what I'd said was so silly. Well, do, do you know, I've actually got that virtually written down <laughs> the here. Man, I knew it was yeah. going to be on your list because yes. I've done it myself. So, yeah, the first thing is... The next station is our last and final stop. No, it is. It's either your last stop or it's your. Final. You don't need to say. You both. don't need both. <laughs> um, one from Mr. Davis, though the XX to London Kings Cross only, calling it London Kings Cross. Oh yeah, they yeah. do do that. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. Yes, our last and final destination. I've actually got written down, but um, he and I both came up with the same thing about you're standing next to a bay platform. You know, the next train is not scheduled to stop here on the PA. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder what's gone yeah, wrong there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, that happened at Platform Five at Oxford Road, and, and it came up. It came up on the board as well. It yeah. came up on the thing. Please stand back. The, the next train is not scheduled to stop here. So, I've so. got one for you, which is a, a good, actually a really good example of them supplementing what the display says on the train with um, a very helpful train manager. So, short platform, long train. Yeah, double yep. set. Usually I have this um, when I'm coming into um, Liverpool South Parkway. And if you get on the train, you're not always paying attention to whether you're in the front set or the back set. And I think especially inexperienced passengers might not be aware. And the display says, you know, passengers for Liverpool South Parkway need to be in the front set. I can't remember the exact Mm. wording, but it, it draws your attention to needing to be in one or the other. But if you don't know which one you're in, that's fairly useless information, isn't it? So the train managers come on and say... You need to be in the front set, which is the green seats, yes, or the grey seats, or whatever. And I find that really helpful because it sometimes I panic. I think, oh, I think I was paying attention, but you know, sometimes yeah. you're tired or you, you know, you're hurrying or whatever. And I find that really reassuring when they come on and tell me, green seats, you're in the right place. And I actually thought about that on one of those trips because I thought, what are they going to do when they actually replace the seat covers because they're going to be the same colours next oh, time? No, but they can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe coloured stickers, you know, those with the, mm. you know, just something that helps. This was edited out of our last one because Robin was so irked by it that he somehow threw it into seat design. But the no smoking thing, okay. The National Rail Network is a no smoking network. You can't smoke or vape on the stations or on platforms or on trains. So why was I on a train the other day where the train manager said, today, this is a non-smoking service. So yesterday, yesterday you could vape away <laughs> till your heart's content. Yes. <laughs> and, and and constantly we're being told this train is a non-smoking service. Mm. And we need to be getting the message out that the national rail network, you just can't smoke anywhere on it. And they don't don't need to do all this specific yeah, stuff. So yeah. it's some kind of treat yeah. just for your joy today. Or as though it's new. Yes. It's not new. It's been like that for oh gosh. I mean, I remember smoking on trains yeah. when I was a child. I remember HST's. What you did, or you remember people doing it, or what you did. <laughs> That's a very good good example of English, <laughs> use of English, Tony. No, I remember as a child going through um, the smoking carriage of an HST and, yeah. you know, needing to get through it to get to the loo, I think, at the other side and being like, oh my gosh, it's like a cloud of smoke, which seems very odd if you think about it now, but 
wasn't at the time, was it? That was just But normal. it was quite horrible. I remember in the last few months of it, getting on a train going from King's Cross to York to do, mm. and there was a lot of railway people and we realised the only seats left were in the smoking carriage so we, we had to sit there. Oh and, and your was, DJ would be all stinky it, by the time you got to the do. Probably was it? still is <laughs> but, uh, but that, that realisation because nobody in the group smoked and we all knew how horrible it was and to actually sit in it and you know you're realising that the walls were slightly brown and whatever mm. but the, the fug in the air which you know a lot of people have never never experienced yeah. um, and clearly train managers around the country never have because they want to tell us it's a treat and I would just finish that one with them saying you can't smoke in the toilets nor in the vestibules what oh. on earth is a vestibule I have no idea what a vestibule is and I know that this one annoys you it's it's a it's a funny word anyway don't you think the Ve- correct word vestibule, vestibule. Is, yes. is a peculiar word and it's one of those there are a few words on the railway that are not really used as common parlance anymore in, in the English language. They're, they're perfectly good English, but another one is to alight the train. That's not what most people would yeah. describe getting off a train as, would they? Vestibule is another one. I mean, it, doesn't it just mean a, a bit that's attached to a room? A room that's attached to a room? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the bit in between. So there's a bit by the doors. But I suppose there isn't another term for it, but it's certainly not a vestibule. So no, vestibule is just wrong. Yes. I mean, it's just not a word. And as you're heading for it... You don't need to take your personal belongings with you. Just take your belongings. Just any. They might be somebody else's and you're just conveying them (laughs) on your journey. But please take them with you. Or maybe they'll be stopping people at the doors now and saying, did you pack this bag yourself? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'd forgotten that one. Please take all your personal belongings with you. And some of the more amusing train managers will add to their their manual announcement, you know, take your personal belongings, your children, your dogs, whatever else you've got with you. (laughs) I'm all for the slightly lighter announcement from time to time. Um, In fact, the the conductor on my train across from Sheffield recently did say, you know, we're on our way now. Way! And everybody in the coach went, way! Oh, that's nice. (laughs) There used to be one uh, cross-country catering host in particular years ago who used to read poetry over his oh. PAs about all the things that he had to sell in his shop oh, you yes. know it was, uh, it was really I lovely it, yes. do you remember yes. that guy yes. he was yeah. great yeah. yeah yeah. so maybe, maybe uh, uh, the danger is I was going to say we should encourage it a little more maybe just a little more you don't want to actually turn into the sort of budding Michael McIntyre to do the yeah. full set I mean it's not but, a comedy show is mm. it but it's quite nice to convey personality through, yeah. through the yeah. announcements otherwise you know we'd just let the robots do everything wouldn't we and that's yeah. no fun yeah I did. I won't name the place, but I remember a train manager announcing where the train was going to, and, and said, "If you find it's disappointing, there's a train a few minutes back out." <laughs> <laughs> that could apply to a lot of places, yeah. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, but it but actually it lightened them, and, and and the passengers got it and lightened it. So there we go. I like that. So well, if you've enjoyed us um, having a bit of a you know a bit of a chuckle about things on the railway that perhaps amuse us and sometimes annoy us and um, send us yours in we're really enjoying hearing from people so if you've got any examples of things we've missed word in funny things that are said on the railway se- send us some in to the email address uh tony you're much better at this than i am because you're a pro what's our email address the email address is contact at com. that's contact at com. that was my voiceover voice yeah, I told you he was a pro. Smooth. <laughs> We'd like loads of feedback. If there's loads of stuff, if there's other stuff that irks you on trains, we'll come back to it at some point. Or stations, or things we, you think we could do better, or 
We might even make this a regular feature, Tony. I yeah. feel like this could run and run. You know, there's so many things, isn't there? And and we're also just generally interested in your ideas for guests and topics and what have you. So more of that too, and we'll we'll get to them. Some of the ones we've had, we've got them on the list, and maybe we just need a bit more time to get the person involved. Or there's some of them are a bit seasonal, so we'll do them at a more appropriate time of the year. So please don't think we've uh, ignored them. We absolutely haven't. They're all golden. And we've got some guests lined up who are on travels and things around the world, on holidays and things. They're all coming up. So we've got some people booked as well. So we'd love your feedback, questions, things that irk you um, and things that you'd like us to talk about or even not talk about. Talk to you soon. We'll, we'll be back with episode three quite soon. We certainly will be. Thank you.